0: That's BlueNile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. The COV is brought to you by Capstream, the global absolute return fixed income specialist. It is the 22nd of May. Good afternoon to you, Scotty. How are you doing?
1: It's Friday afternoon so I'm spectacular how are you?
0: I'm pretty well myself uh, not to be for this local market really around the region Scotty I don't want to over egg it but it's turned into a bit of a bloodbath.
1: Well we had uh, economic data didn't succeed uh, but it looks like geopolitics may succeed in going taking a bit of wind out of this rally so uh, losses today are being led by the Hang Seng and late trade it's down nearly five percent so it's been hammered uh, all mainland uh, Chinese stocks are also down no, the vicinity of over 1%. You've had the NPC in China out today, no growth target. Uh, the reaction tells me that there's a lot of concern about geopolitics and also the fact that China may not be right to the rescue for the global economy.
0: Yeah, because uh, we had sort of thought that maybe they would not be putting forth a GDP target. Were you surprised at all by the fact that oil you know, really did fall out of bed? We've seen a lot of pressures coming through in the commodities complex in particular. So is that the market saying... Essentially, we aren't expecting this massive infrastructure stimulus spend that could really benefit, clearly, our miners here.
1: Well, we've been talking about the reopening hopes for uh, the last you know, month and a half, and I think that potentially uh, the reopening hopes have got way ahead of what reality is. Now, yes, we are, they probably that a deal already. We know the economy is going to start picking up, but to say that it's going to revert back to uh, you know, the previous mean uh, is, is very ambitious. And when you have China not being keen to go and, absolutely splurge like we saw during the GSC, that is going to have rippling effects across the global economy. And that will mean that the recovery elsewhere will be slower as well.
0: And of course, I suppose when it comes to investors really being comfortable buying as we head into this weekend, we've got to keep in mind this increasing war of words that are, you know, ratcheting up between the US president, the Donald, I think you call him in the note in mm-hmm. the newsletter today. Um, yeah, I can't see this coming to an end anytime soon, can you?
1: No, it's, uh, we've got a period of uh, economic weakness. We know that the, uh, the Dow, which is obviously uh, Donald Trump's favorite measure of his success and uh, performance as a president, uh, both an economic manager and uh, his popularity. Uh, obviously, they're both you know, under a bit of duress. You know, they've had a, a big fall. The Dow's rebounded, but it's still well below what its, uh, what its levels were back in February. And five months out from the election, he's not going to have a tailwind uh, of a strong economy or anything on those lines that people were thinking at the start of this year. So for his re-election chances, I think he might revert to you know, blaming someone else, the blame game. And look, China is there. Now china 's made some positive signals today about potentially like trying to go and live up to the trade one uh, sorry, phase one trade agreement, uh, but realistically, uh, you have to wonder, given the economic toll that they 've gone through, uh, will they be able to go and suffice the u s demands? The answer is probably no, and that increases the chance that the blame game's going to get a whole lot worse.
0: All right, well, all in all, we saw the local market down by about one percent, the x two c the chix x two hundred off by just over 1% and lots of selling across all major sectors if we just sum it up like that. Um, we spoke with David Plank today. Uh, he is from ANZ Economics and one of the things that he was talking to us about, and if you'd like to watch that interview you can do so, we'll have the link in the show notes, but he was talking about the JobKeeper program and the increase in the unemployment benefit through the Job Seeker, what the banks have done in terms of mortgage holidays all of this stuff is feeding into the data now there's a big issue now we know when it comes to the method of calculation when it comes to this job keeper program i mean this scuddy and this is this is big and it's pretty bad
1: you could call a over uh three million 60 billion dollar accounting error, uh, pretty bad. Uh, it's horrendous, and it's an embarrassment to be honest. You know, so many of the uh, you know, the press conferences that we saw, you know, when these packages were announced about how the government was you know support and everything else, uh, and then to find out late on a Friday afternoon that uh, there's been an error uh, in the uh, the way that was calculated uh, with some some sole uh, traders in particular. Uh, instead of being a sole trader, they were indicating they had 1,500 employees, and we're talking about a program that's already been introduced. And payments are going. So, where is this money gone to? Uh, look, that's an embarrassment. And then, from an economic perspective as well, uh, the government is trying to spin it as though it's a sign that the economy is you know, is been performing better than what they expected. Which you no, know, you you might say that's a case, but realistically as well, it also makes doubts about have we done enough to go and help the economy recover. And I think a lot of people are now starting to go and wonder whether that's the case.
0: So basically, it was people entering the wrong number of people into the system. And I'm looking at some stats here on Twitter saying that, you know, you've got a Chinese restaurant claiming for 15,000 employees, a caravan park in Port Macquarie. Claiming for 6,000 staff, I mean, this is bad. And I don't know, I guess it's going to take a while to work out what it means for you know, the bond market. I mean, a lot has been predicated on this JobKeeper stimulus spend.
1: Yeah, look, at the moment, it, it indicates that the government, uh, that the deficit we're going to be running is going to be a lot smaller than what was initially forecast. But the thing I'm concerned about is that this money has gone. If it's gone to these businesses now and they only only found out at this you know, late juncture, what's happened to the money in the interim? Uh, And to me, that's from someone who's a taxpayer, and anyone who's a taxpayer should be really concerned and asking questions about, no, how is this allowed to go and take place? We know that they had to go and roll out the package to go and support the economy quickly. But... Realistically, it doesn't look like everything was really, all the boxes were ticked before when it rolled up.
0: Look, this story is going to develop over the weekend, clearly, so maybe we'll just leave it there. One story that evolved a bit today, and it was partly by an interview that we did today with Joel Parsons. He's a portfolio manager on the Drakewood Prospect Fund desk. And he was saying, look, there's a bit of a misunderstanding with what we were talking about yesterday in regards to Chinese customs rules being changed for Australian iron ore uh, importers or exporters from Australia, saying that look, it isn't a price issue but a paperwork issue. Do you think this will put all of the chatter around this to bed, though, Sketty?
1: Absolutely not. Uh, we know right. that. Uh, I think the argument that it's coincidental all these things that we're seeing, like with barley and with the beef, uh, iron ore. Now, with you no know, thermal, co- oh, sorry, thermal coal. Yes, uh, is also you no know, under inspections now. Yes, you can't say that it's you no, know, just deliberately targeting Australia, but it's all these things that are kind of happening at the same time. It makes you wonder, you know, given what we do best, which is export these raw, bulk commodities, you know, whether Australia potentially could be at risk if we continue to go push this you know, agenda that, you no, know, we must get to the absolute no root cause of what happened with the coronavirus pandemic.
0: All right. Well, if you'd like to watch that interview with Drakewood Prospect Funds Portfolio Manager, you can do so. Just check in on the show notes that brings us to our stock of the day so afterpay had a pretty stellar finish to what was an interesting week up by a further 1.4 percent on friday so clearly bucking the overall trend we have some brokers bell potter calling it up to $51.50 per share. Some saying that, you know, the user surge that really inspired this share market surge, not just Friday, but Thursday as well, could uh, see Afterpay actually hit the guidance that it withdrew in the midst of the pandemic. Anyways, uh, we did have a couple of our uh, guests on speaking with Kashi about Afterpay a little bit earlier on. Uh, Adam Dawes from Sean Partners and June Liu from Tribeca.
1: Yeah, look, it's certainly an interesting one. It's all on growth on the US. And certainly they're now talking about going into Canada. They're certainly talking about doing some other things. If that growth in the U.S. does continue, now five million isn't a lot in the mm. U.S. Like that's not huge, but if they do continue to get that, um, there is huge traction. One warning in all of this is probably those five million are probably a lesser economic um, level, so potentially right. they're a little bit easier, and potentially they might not be able to pay back. Right. So I think. After so the pay... credit risk. Correct. The Go credit up. risk yep. has to be has to be might carefully uh, looked at and and be careful with that. So I think it's an incredible story. I love this stock. It's delivered a lot of return for all of us, but I agree. Um, it's it's very hard. Look, this sector uh, defied everyone's expectations, has actually benefited from this shift to mm. online because people are locked inside their houses. Yeah. Um, but we are in a recession, don't forget that. And buy now, pay later sector hasn't gone through any recessions. So we don't know how people will respond. We don't know how it will look like. Yeah. So there's enormous amount of risk sitting in that. So just do be mindful that the good news is pricing in the share price and the risk is somewhat uncertain because we, we don't know how long mm. this recession and maybe people will stop paying and you know, how that, what that might do. So that is a risk.
0: Well, as we look ahead to what's on the agenda for next week, Scotty, pretty quiet to start the week on Monday.
1: Yes, I think uh, it be all about uh, no, geopolitical headlines and uh, Donald Trump's Twitter feed over the weekend. Uh, that's the two most obvious sources of our volatility. NBC? Yeah, NBC will get headlines out of that. But to be honest, I think that a lot of uh, no, the first day, uh, unless there's some sort of no breaking tradition, a lot of the, uh, the, the big news is broken on the first day. We're at the first day now. So look, there'll be headlines that will come out. There's always the potential to go in shock. But uh, no, I think you know, geopolitics is, uh, is the one that's simmering. No, let's hope we don't see a repeat of the scenes in Hong Kong that we saw last year. But the way things are going, who knows, we could go and see protests on the street and we've, told, uh, we've heard from the, uh, the United States president uh, overnight that, of course, if that happens, they'll respond strongly.
0: a.m. on Monday, we get the preliminary trade data here in Australia, which will be interesting, but that's probably the big one on Monday. As far as who's on AusBiz, uh, good lineup so far, and this is just a little bit of a taste. We'll be talking with Mark Rignall. He's a portfolio manager at Milford Asset Manager, um, just to talk about volatility and really the wash-up from whatever the U.S. session ends up being on this Friday afternoon. We've got Sarah Hunter, Chief Economist at BIS. Oxford Economics and so she'll really be talking about likely that JobKeeper program, the economic challenges uh, that really come along with reopening the economy as well. That's just a very short taste and and property as well, worthwhile mentioning because we we will start to talk about auction clearance rates and all of that kind of stuff from the weekend with Louis Christopher from SQM Research. Uh, That's it for today. Thanks again to CapStream. You can get more info in your episode notes or you can visit capstream.com. Scuddy, That's it for us for this week. It's been a good one. Have a great weekend. We'll see everyone on Monday. Sick of being upsold at gyms?